Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Welcome to episode 22 of Find Your Hum. I'm your host Kirsty, and we are set to dive into endometriosis today. March is World Endometriosis Awareness Month and as a person who has suffered with this condition, I wanted to bring some awareness to it. I do suppose I should say suffers, not suffered, because this certainly is a chronic disease that needs to be managed to keep symptoms at bay. Luckily for me, my current diet and lifestyle means that at the moment, this is not something I'm currently suffering with. However, I know that the others out there are not so lucky. I will be dedicating the month of March to exploring endometriosis in more detail, and I would highly recommend that anyone who is of menstruating age listen to these. Whilst they will be centred around endo, the information both my guests and I have to offer will most certainly help my menstruating listeners have periods that come and go with relatively few symptoms. Yep, that is actually how our periods are meant to be, ladies. Relatively few symptoms. I really do think that as women, we are fortunate to have a menstrual cycle. Yes, fortunate. And trust me, I did not always feel like this. For most of my menstruating years, I have battled endo, so my periods were certainly not symptom-free. But our periods are our monthly report card to how well and healthy our bodies are. And when we begin to tune into the unique cycles that are our menstrual cycles, we have a world of information at our fingertips. To help clients understand the wisdom of their bodies through their cycles, I've developed a unique timing tracker for both menstruating and postmenopausal women. You can grab this over on my website for free or through the link in the show notes. When you tap into living in sync with your unique cycle, it will honestly be your superpower. Endometriosis is quite prevalent. The condition is estimated to affect 1 in 10 women worldwide. I was reading a book on hormones published back in 1986 the other day, and the prevalence of endo back then was as low as 1 in 100. Now, this could be for two reasons. One, Maybe as women, we did not suffer with it as much back then. Or two, there were probably women going undiagnosed. Personally, I think it was a little from column A and a little from column B. Unfortunately, diagnosis can take years. The average in Australia is six and a half years. The UK is seven and a half years. And in the US, it's seven. And can I just say, come on, UK, this is not a new condition. We should be a lot better than seven and a half years. Personally, my diagnosis took 11 years after first presenting to the doctors at the age of 14 with symptoms. But that was going back some like 15 or 20 years, so we have made many improvements since then. Fortunately, there is a growing amount of research being done around this condition. But due to the conjecture of the cause, treatment can be less than effective, and this leaves women with the condition suffering often debilitating symptoms with very little relief. In today's episode, I am going solo as I really want to shake off the idea that endo is a hormonal condition and start to explore the immune dysfunction and chronic inflammatory state that endo really is. (music) 
what is endometriosis? Tissue similar to the endometrial tissue that lines the uterus is found in other areas of our body, attached and growing to other organs and ligaments. These are referred to as endometriosis lesions. Whilst it is most commonly throughout the pelvic region, such as on the ovaries, fallopian tubes, bladder, bowel, the outer wall of the uterus, and the ligaments that support the uterus and ovaries, there have been many cases where this tissue has been found in the chest cavity, even near the eyes and the brain. Now, this tissue acts like a normal endometrium in that it increases during the normal menstrual cycle in response to estrogen. Women who suffer with endometriosis experience often debilitating symptoms affecting their ability to live normal lives. So severe are some women's symptoms, they often result in the need for time off school and work. The main symptom is pain, and I'm not talking your standard period pain where you may get a little bit of cramping in your lower pelvis or back just before or during your period. I am talking severe period pain, burning, stabbing, throbbing pain that lasts four days and it can be so bad that you literally break out in sweats and vomit. Personally, I spent quite a few periods during high school with this uncontrollable pain and no access to painkillers. Those sweats, that pain, they are very real. The pain can also occur outside of your period such as during ovulation, during sex, when you urinate, it can radiate down your legs and even into your rectum. It really does depend on where your endolesions are situated. Interesting though, there is actually no correlation between pain and severity of lesions. You can have numerous lesions and no pain or very few lesions and suffer terribly. Some other symptoms that I know people get are bowel problems, so very similar to like IBS. Endobelly is actually a real thing. We get like bladder problems, so there might be a bit of pain, headaches, a low-grade fever, fatigue. Oh my God, the fatigue is horrible and we will definitely be diving into that in other episodes. Infertility um, and recurrent miscarriage is actually thought that around 30% of women with endo will actually experience fertility problems. I mean, that's not a small number and the psychological effects of that cannot be ignored. Endo really is more than just a period problem. It really affects the lives of those who suffer. I mean, if those symptoms weren't enough, often those really high-strength painkillers that may be needed can actually impede the women's abilities to perform their day-to-day activities like driving a car or looking after their kids. Whilst experiencing those symptoms can definitely be suggestive of having endometriosis, I believe one of the main reasons this goes undiagnosed for long periods of time is that many of the symptoms are just put down to quote-unquote a normal period or explained away with comments like, it's hereditary or that's just the way your period will be which in the beginning, it might be how it starts. But I can tell you from personal experience, it is extremely frustrating when you are sitting in front of a doctor telling me about the pain, the heavy, long periods, the digestive discomfort, and all they are telling you is that it's just the way your period is when you know none of your girlfriends suffer like you do. Currently, the only way to establish a definitive diagnosis is via a laparoscopy which is a surgical procedure performed under general anaesthetic. It's where a thin telescope is inserted through your belly button, the doctor can see into your abdomen and get rid of any of those lesions. 
Occasionally, a doctor may be able to feel the tissue in your pelvis or send an ultrasound, but that's pretty rare. What I really would like to do today is actually bring an awareness to the fact that endometriosis should not be treated solely as a hormonal condition, but instead as an immune dysfunction. Traditionally, endometriosis was thought to be due to an hormonal imbalance or from retrograde flow. Now, retrograde flow is when your period moves back up the fallopian tube and escapes into your pelvic region. But most women experience retrograde flows and not all of them have endo. Treatments are given to control hormones in the hope to reduce symptoms, which work to varying success. Personally, my experience with this was mixed. They would work for a time, then boom, the symptoms are back. Alternatively, surgically removing the lesions can see reductions in the symptoms and can be necessary if the endometrial tissue deposits are causing complications like fertility or a reduction in bowel movements. This, however, doesn't address the underlying cause, and as such, many women will see their endometriosis lesions and symptoms return. We really need to look at endo for what it is. Whole body inflammation with a heightened immune response and microbial influences. Thankfully, current research into the drivers of endometriosis are focusing on this very notion. Our immune system should be clearing up the endometrial lesions, yet our immune system, driven by inflammation, is actually promoting the growth and invasion of these lesions. Once those lesions have started, the immune system has a huge role to play, and this is often why we see the recurrence of the lesions and symptoms, because the immune dysfunction has not been addressed. Endo is affected by estrogen, but not caused by it. This means that hormonal treatments, either medical with the contraceptive pill or injections, or natural with things like immune-modulating herbs, can relieve symptoms but do very little for the actual endometriosis. You can have endo and have a perfectly normal hormonal panel and also have really good normal ovulation. The hormonal dysfunction endo comes locally at the site of the lesions. It is not from what the ovaries are making. The hormonal sensitivity of the tissue of the endo lesions and the hormones that these lesions are making is what causes the hormonal dysfunction. Let's call endo what it is, an inflammatory disease that is linked to immune dysfunction and that the immune dysfunction is progressing the disease. The dysfunction of our immune system appears to be a combination of our genetics, that is you have an autoimmune genetic type, so there might be other autoimmune conditions within your family. Epigenetics, that is changes to our genes that come from the environment. This is often passed through generations from exposure to toxins, and this is what alters the immune response, or from bacteria within our pelvis. This bacteria is different to that that is found in our large intestines. The pelvis has its own microbiome, which can be easily affected by what we eat, the way we move, our stress levels, and the medications we take, very similar to that of the microbiome found in our large intestines. A high level of gram-negative bacteria is common within the pelvic region of women with endometriosis. This bacteria is mainly E. coli. When we have E. coli in the pelvic area, this alerts our immune system, as they know they should not be there. So it makes immune cells like cytokines to fight off the E. coli, 
Now, E. coli is actually a commensal bacteria that should be found in our large intestines in certain amounts. Obviously, we don't want an overgrowth of them, but we certainly do not want this E. coli in our pelvic area. These gram-negative bacteria also release a toxin called lipopolysaccharides, which stimulate the immune cells and is also known to promote inflammation and immune dysfunction. So as you can see, the picture of inflammation on top of inflammation is becoming quite clear. So how do these bacteria that are normally found in our gut make their way out into our pelvis? The reason this bacteria can move into the pelvic region is due to intestinal permeability or leaky gut. This is when the walls of your intestine begin to break down or separate and that creates little holes which allow large molecules to escape and enter the bloodstream. It is the presence of intestinal permeability that can lead to food sensitivities, autoimmune conditions, and conditions linked with the brain. In the case of endo, the walls of our digestive system that should be keeping the bacteria inside of our digestive system allow the bacteria to leak through. Now this bacteria doesn't just go into our bloodstream, it actually moves into the pelvis. This is why the link between endo and gut disorders such as small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, irritable bowel syndrome and irritable bowel diseases such as Crohn's are commonly found together. These gut disorders are conditions that mean we have active dysbiosis in our gut and that active dysbiosis is right next door to where the endolesions are situated. It is also why ensuring that the underlying trigger that is causing the intestinal permeability, something that I always work with with my endo clients, is addressed. It's not that these gut conditions are the cause of endometriosis, but it does drive these bacterial toxins and keeps the endo from healing. Not to mention the bloating from the gut pressing against an already inflamed pelvic area. I mean, nobody needs that. And I just want to circle back to the lipopolysaccharides that are excreted from those gram-negative bacterias. As I said earlier, the lipopolysaccharides encourage our immune cells to release cytokines that produce inflammation. Not only does lipopolysaccharides encourage our immune cells to release cytokines, the endolesion themselves have a high presence of a cytokine, interleukin-8, which not only contributes to the inflammation, but also results in the T regulatory cells present in the lesions not to work as effectively. These Treg cells are meant to help regulate or suppress the cells of our immune system from getting a little bit too out of control. As you can see here, that large presence of cytokines, the decreased effectiveness of these T regulatory cells really do make for a perfect inflammation storm at the site of these lesions. The other part of the immune system at play in endo is the presence of mast cells. These are often involved in our allergic conditions, but have been found in increased numbers in the endoseverical smears of women with extremely painful periods like those that are seen in endo, and in high numbers in the actual tissue in the endo lesions. Mast cells are known for releasing histamine, which cause other cells of our immune system to come and attack. Now, add to that what I said in the beginning, where these lesions can actually produce estrogen, this is where we can see hormones driving the condition. Estrogen is generally immune stimulating. It can also be anti-inflammatory, so don't want it to sound all bad. But in this case, estrogen is known to stimulate the histamine that the mast cells produce. 
So when we have an autoimmune inflammation of which endo is very similar to, estrogen will worsen it. Suppressing estrogen can alleviate the symptoms and maybe slow down the endo, but does not address the underlying cause of the immune dysfunction. So rather than painting estrogen out to be the bad guy here, what we really need to do is address the immune function so we aren't as sensitive to estrogen and can enjoy the normal estrogen fluctuations over the course of our cycle. So as you can see, endo is most certainly a condition of chronic inflammation generated by a faulty immune system. So let's have a look at how to treat the immune dysfunction. First up, we need to calm the immune system. As endo is very similar in its presentation to autoimmune conditions, we really need to follow a protocol similar to help get the immune system functioning well again. Proteins found in gluten, A1 casein found in cow's dairy, and in some cases eggs can actually disrupt the immune system. A strict avoidance of anything containing these foods is needed for around 8 to 12 weeks to assess the impact on symptoms. Strict is vital here. Even this smallest amount of gluten or that A1 casein can cause inflammation lasting for days. There really is no partly doing it when we are trying to stabilize the immune system. And there is also a very strong link between those that have the celiac gene and those that have endo. Now, this doesn't mean they're necessarily celiac, but they do have a better chance of decreasing the inflammation when taking out the gluten. We also need to look at reducing that mast cell activation. As I've highlighted, mast cells are highly reactive to estrogen and play a role in the immune dysfunction of endometriosis. Look to eat a low histamine diet for around four weeks, add in natural sources of antihistamines like vitamin C, local raw honey, pineapple is amazing, and also stinging nettle. Yep, stinging nettle. Use it as a tea, it is so great for really decreasing that mast cell activation. Antimicrobial medicine is also really good to use here. Berberine in particular, whilst not studied for endometriosis, is used in conditions such as small intestinal bacteria overgrowth to reduce the gram-negative bacteria and subsequent lipopolysaccharides produced. Please see a health practitioner before self-prescribing Whilst this is a herbal medicine and people think that it's a little bit lighter, it is still antimicrobial and will affect your gut microbiome. It can also interact with other medications. So please, this is not one you should be self-prescribing. See a health practitioner. We can still need hormone treatment. Endometriosis can cause an imbalance between progesterone and estrogen. What you really need to determine is whether or not you have a case of progesterone deficiency or if it's a relatively deficiency because it is unbalanced due to estrogen excess. Like I said, some people have an absolutely perfect hormonal panel, so this is not for everyone. But in cases of a true deficiency, bioidentical progesterone is preferred as it has a fewer side effects than the progesterone drugs and it can also help suppress the endometriosis lesions. Again, this should always be done under the guidance of a practitioner. Or in the case of a relative deficiency, we need to treat the excess estrogen. This is also super important to help keep those mast cells in line. Removal of the lesions is also a very viable option. It is these lesions that are continuing to promote the inflammatory response. 
However, just removing these lesions will do nothing if you are not addressing your immune system and the inflammation. Supplementation is great here. Zinc, turmeric, N-acetylcysteine, iodine and preformed vitamin A are great ways to modulate the immune system. But please be careful again with prescribing things like iodine and preformed vitamin A because they really do need to be done under the supervision of a health practitioner. And for my vegetarian and vegan listeners out there, this is actually the vitamin A that you get from animal protein, not in terms of things like your beta carotene that you can get from vegetable sources, unfortunately, as this really does help with that immune system and the repair of tissues, which is so important in endometriosis. And of course, absolutely addressing underlying conditions of gut dysbiosis. I've spoken about SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, in particular in a podcast I did on rosacea and leaky gut, which I did in a podcast on eczema. So you might find the information in those very useful. If you think they're a problem for you, I would highly suggest going back and listening to those episodes. Most dysbiosis is best treated by a practitioner as there could be many causes for your dysbiosis of which you will definitely want to address. And I do also want to make particular mention of alcohol. Alcohol promotes intestinal permeability and it also gives a surge of those lipopolysaccharides into the body. So if you are suffering with endometriosis, this is one that I really highly suggest you stay away from. If you or anyone you know suspects they may have endometriosis and diagnosis is taking some time, please don't give up. Like I said earlier, my diagnosis took 11 years after first presenting to the doctors at the age of 14 with symptoms. You know your body, you know something is not right and there is help out there. It is actually conditions like endo that I developed my 12-week deep reset for to really help you treat the underlying causes of your hormonal and digestive symptoms. And I can personally say that nutrition and lifestyle played the starring role in allowing me to live my life without the debilitating nature of endo. And it's also something that I see in my clients. And I can tell you there is nothing better than seeing them get their lives back. Honestly, this condition does not have to be debilitating. Like I said at the beginning, if you really want to understand your menstrual cycle and the beauty that it brings you, even with a condition like endometriosis, please go to the show notes, click on the link and download that unique cycle tracker. It honestly will be your superpower. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it.